Section 196 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 247. Bath, February 26, 1761. My dear friend, I am very glad to hear that your election is finally settled, and to say the truth, not sorry that Mr. has been compelled to do de mauvais grâce, that which he might have done at first in a friendly and handsome manner. However, take no notice of what is past, and live with him as you used to do before, for in the intercourse of the world it is often necessary to seem ignorant of what one knows, and to have forgotten what one remembers. I have just now finished Coleman's play, and like it very well. It is well conducted, and the characters are well preserved. I own I expected from the author more dialogue wit, but as I know that he is a most scrupulous classic, I believe he did not dare to put in half so much wit as he could have done, because Terence had not a single grain, and it would have been crimen lesse antiquitatis. God bless you. Letter 248. Bath, November 21st, 1761. My dear friend, I have this moment received your letter of the 19th. If I find any alterations by drinking these waters, now six days, it is rather for the better, but in six days more I think I shall find with more certainty what humor they are in with me. If kind, I will profit of, but not abuse their kindness. All things have their bounds, quos ultra citrave nequit consistere rectum, and I will endeavor to nick that point. The Queen's jointure is larger than, from some reasons, I expected it would be, though not greater than the last precedent authorized. The case of the late Lord Wilmington was, I fancy, remembered. I have now good reason to believe that Spain will declare war to us, that is, that it will very soon, if it has not already, avowedly assist France, in case the war continues. This will be a great triumph to Mr. Pitt, and fully justify his plan of beginning with Spain first, and having the first blow, which is often half the battle. Here is a great deal of company, and what is commonly called good company, that is, great quality. I trouble them very little, except at the pump, where my business calls me. For what is company to a deaf man, or deaf man to company? Lady Brown, whom I have seen, and who, by the way, has got the gout in her eye, inquired very tenderly after you. And so I elegantly rest yours till death. Letter 249. Bath, December 6, 1761. My dear friend, I have been in your debt some time, which, you know, I am not very apt to be, but it was really for want of specie to pay. The present state of my invention does not enable me to coin, and you would have had as little pleasure in reading as I should have in writing Le Colonier of this place. Besides that, I am very little mingled in them. I do not know whether I shall be able to follow your advice and cut a winner, for at present I have neither won nor lost a single shilling. I will play on this week only, and if I have a good run, I will carry it off with me. If a bad one, the loss can hardly amount to anything considerable in seven days, for I hope to see you in town to-morrow seven-night. I had a dismal letter from Hart last week. He tells me that he is at nurse with a sister in Berkshire, that he has got a confirmed jaundice besides twenty other distempers. The true cause of these complaints I take to be the same that so greatly disordered, and had nearly destroyed the most august house of Austria, about one hundred and thirty years ago. I mean, Gustavus Adolphus, who neither answered his expectations in point of profit nor reputation, and that merely by his own fault, 
in not writing it in the vulgar tongue, for as to facts I will maintain that it is one of the best histories extant. Au revoir, as Sir Fopping says, and God bless you. Letter 250. Bath, November 2nd, 1762. My dear friend, I arrived here as I proposed last Sunday, but as ill as I feared I should be when I saw you. Head, stomach, and limbs, all out of order. I have yet seen nobody but Villette, who is settled here for good, as it is called. What consequences has the Duke of Devonshire's resignation had? He has considerable connections and relations, but whether any of them are resigned enough to resign with him is another matter. There will be, to be sure, as many, and as absurd reports, as there are in the law-books. I do not desire to know either, but inform me of what facts come to your knowledge, and of such reports only as you believe are grounded. And so, God bless you. End of section 196. Read by Professor Heather and by. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.